Welcome to the Premier League Forever Forest podcast. Welcome back to the Forever Forest podcast. As you can probably tell by my dulcet tones, I'm not Ryan Freebury. It is Kieran Curtis on hosting duty this week as Ryan is away in India. I'm not going to throw out any insults or anything about running people of the night over. I'm just going to welcome the pair that are joining me this evening. Firstly, and a big thank you uh, for grabbing me a ticket for the weekend. Hello, Lisa Fox. How are you? Hello, I'm good. And bef- and whilst we're talking about those ladies from the night, it was uh, when we played Spurs. So it is very appropriate that you mentioned it. <laughs> I didn't mention it. That's the thing. <laughs> mention uh, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, no, there's no evidence for anything at all. Uh, and joining us all from lovely capital, it is Holly. How are you? Evening, Kay. How are you doing? You all right? I am still riding on a high from uh, my trip to Goodison at the weekend. It was a fantastic day out with me, the old man, uh, meeting up with with Lisa and, and her lad and, uh, and and Max's dad as well. Match day with Max. We we met his his dad at the game as well. And uh, yeah, do you know what? Everton fans are absolutely lovely. Uh, couldn't couldn't fault them but before the game a little bit of uh, trauma getting into into the match itself we uh, we found a, a chihuahua legging it down the road <laughs> it nearly got absolutely annihilated by a land rover me being me i chased it into the road and followed it where it went to see if i could reunite it with its owner it then tried to bite me and it turned out it had already walked back to its house and its owner came out looking very confused Eek. Yeah, yeah, very weird one, weird one. But without further ado, we do have, well, we've actually got a couple of games to to talk about. We will start with the, the weekend. Uh, Holly, what was your view of it from afar? So I started with a bit of a dodgy stream, which we uh, won't talk about. Um, so I listened to uh, Colin and Hodgie um, and it sounded, well, first of all, we sounded amazing. Absolutely outsung them from what I could hear. and. On a negative, though, we we sounded completely under the cosh for the first 20 minutes and it was a little bit worrying. Grew into the game. When Yatesy came on, sounded like he changed the game. Him, Morgan Gibbs-White. Uh, delighted for Yatesy. I think it's fantastic. And it was very interesting that um, that Cooper brought on his, um, you know, his promising uh, favourites, I think, in, in Yatesy and Morgan Gibbs-White and, uh, other, you know, instead of other... Um, players that we could have brought on but no I mean it sounded it sounded like we deserved a point uh possibly more really really disappointed to not have got three points but uh yeah had a look back and Brennan took the goal really really well ice ice cool and um yeah very pleased in hindsight really it was a fantastic finish from Brennan and and as you said the early parts of the game I thought we were just too respectful early doors we gave them too much space sat very deep and then weirdly, once we took hold of the ball, they did the exact same thing. And that allowed us to then grow, grow into that, that match. But it, yeah, it, it did grow as the game went on. We'll come on to uh, some of the tactical choices and, and personnel that were thrown into the mix. But Lisa, what, what was your take from the Goodison stands? 
It was exactly what Holly said. First of all, picking up on what you said about their fans um, pre-game, you know, it, it really was so good to have you back. Um, nice to see Forrest back in the big time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I did refer to this on the radio last night that I, I basically said, you know, at the end of the day, you kind of want us to be welcomed back now but in a few weeks time it's off we're, we're playing those red dogs and we don't want to play them again because they always give us a hard game you know we're not there to make the numbers up so um for me it was actually pleasant on Saturday that we did go out and bar in the first 20 minutes and the last seven minutes I thought we controlled the game you know we we took the game to them and it and I mean Mangala was excellent we yeah, we spoke about it he he just controlled that game um and the ball just sticks to him and it was just a really really good performance I think we we would have taken a point before the game and probably are a little bit disappointed to, to have conceded what we did um because our, our defense just switched off we've got a we, there's no bones about it um can't blame um Henderson he again had an absolutely fantastic game I, I love him every time I see him and, and he is just getting better and better of every game Lingard and Brennan were a little bit quiet for big periods during the game but they both of them were lifted when Morgan came on and you could see just from that short period of time that he is going to be some player and I I absolutely love him already. I think he already is some player. Oh, he is completely. Like, like, but, completely. But, but he's going to be some player for us. And and we we've spoken about it and it's something that you you know you say he's cost us 25 million. And Holly Holly touched on that really interesting there that that um Coop's brought on his tried and trusted. And, you know, 100%, he definitely, definitely did that. And they they both delivered, you know. Yatesy probably was sh- should have scored later on as well. So he assisted with the goal, Brennan obviously scoring. But I, th- I think uh, Morgan coming on actually lifted, it lifted the crowd when, when we needed it the most. It lifted Jesse Lingard, it, it lifted... Um, Brennan and Brennan needed a goal. Let's, let's no make make no bones about it. Brennan needed that goal. And for me, obviously, we celebrated in the moment, having watched it back and then seen that photograph that came out of Brennan running to the crowd. And the first player to him was Jesse Lingard with sheer joy on his face. He's not here for the money. <laughs> I'm putting it out there now. He's not here for the money. And the next player to him was Morgan. And I loved that. I loved the fact that he's been with us and had had one training session. We spoke about that before. One training session. And this is what this boy can do. And oh my God, when they click, this is going to be special. Yeah, that was delectable one-touch football between uh, Morgan and, and Jesse once uh, Gibbs White was actually on the pitch. The overwhelming positives, I think that's the first game where we've dominated possession. I think overall we had 53% compared to their 47, uh, if my mind is serving me well. The other overwhelming positive, yeah, Brennan got a goal when he absolutely needed it. People were getting very frustrated around us in the stands for, mo- for well, for large periods of the game where he seemed to, you know, there's no nice way of putting it. He he was missing, and and it just wasn't clicking for him. And I have to say, when I saw the board go up and we took Taiwo off, and the positioning moved to move Brennan into the central role, I was worried. I was concerned. I was ready to say Cooper had got it wrong. He didn't. As 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 we found out, but I still didn't like that 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 trio necessarily. The the ball isn't going to stick to Brennan if you give it to him in the air. 
Um, and certainly Morgan Gibbs-White had a little bit more flair to him when the ball did arrive to him in the air. He was full of little flick-ons and creative ideas, whereas, yeah, I think Brennan's still got to make that step up and get ready for, for what Premier League football really is. Am I wrong in that, though? When anyone else saw that that substitution, were you thinking maybe it should have been Dennis? No, I mean, the thing with Brennan is he doesn't really put himself about a lot, <laughs> excuse the, the phrase, but when he gets an opportunity, he will score. And as Lisa was saying, I think that link-up between uh, Morgan Gibbs-White and, and Brennan Johnson is going to be really, really interesting this season. Let's see what he can do in different positions, you know, give him a bit of a chance. I think it sounds to me like, you know, people were going on this thing from last season that he can ghost games. And yes, he can, but when he's on his game, he's on his game and he's going to score goals. So, yeah, I, th- I think we should give the lad a break, really, because um, it was ice cool on, on Saturday, so... Yeah, I'm all for that. I There was a, a moment where I didn't doubt when you saw the ball break for him, you felt mm. goal and he had complete composure to pick his spot. I think a lot of players might have just smashed that and hoped mm. for the best. That was really well placed, ice in his veins. Yeah, and let's not forget the, the disallowed goal against uh, West Ham. You know, it was a beautiful finish as well. So he's just so composed, isn't he, for such a young lad. So I can't wait yeah. to see more from him this season. And then we were treated to a midweek game, which absolutely could have been a banana skin, Premier League up against League Two, as Fulham found out. And Yates, he did bring his shooting boots to that one. What a finish. It was It was just literally on the on the, the 18 yard line, wasn't it? Um, and yeah, I mean, like just to hit that with his left foot, it was just sweet. It was just, there's nothing else to say. It was just sweet. And it's great that he is on the score sheet. And good awareness from Dennis, not to be greedy. I think a lot of players that you presume are a centre-forward might have tried to dance their way into the box and create an opportunity for themselves, but that was unselfish. I looked up, you could see Yatesy screaming for the ball on the edge, and he gave it. Really neat pass, really neat finish. And that's how the game kind of carried on for at least the first half. It was really awkward trying to watch along, just living off bits from... Um, Gillette Labs, as it's called now, um, not getting any Radio Nottingham coverage, not being able to get a stream for that for that match. Uh, I don't know if anyone of you two did listen in, managed to hear something in full. No, was, I didn't. No, oh, it was it was interesting that you know same old you know that mm. Yatesy gets on the score sheet and Sam does what does what Sam does best, and Kathu got two assists. <laughs> yeah. Cafu does not want to leave this club. He, uh, he leaves it all out on the pitch every time. And as you mentioned, Lisa, we cannot fail to mention Sam Surridge. Two goals from two attempts. That's someone who's staking a claim. Le- League two opposition or not, there's no ignoring that. Cooper's definitely going to take that away and see him as a striker that can offer something. I've seen some stats from, from this this week um, that, that talk about Surridge and... It's something like the fact that he's had 33 shots since he joined the club. He's had 10 that have hit the woodwork, or so many that have hit the woodwork, 10 goals, and he's actually played the equivalent of 12 games. I think his um, it might be 10 goals, two that have hit the woodwork, and however many shots. But he is basically it's it's a goal it's got it's a goal every other game, and that ratio can't be ignored. 
and it doesn't matter what level he's doing it at I think for me um, he will be a very very important part of our squad this year in that 25 and for me he is as honest as the day is long and he will give his all on the pitch he he is something he offers something different he has got that quality that he can adapt his game a little bit I think we've seen from Teo so far that he is a little bit heavy footed for me whereas mm. Surridge has got that little bit more quality on the ball it it's it's quite an interesting dynamic and and quite it gives Taylor it, it gives um I'm not even gonna I was gonna go on about Lyle Taylor then <laughs> it gives um Coops a bit of a, a headache doesn't it really as to who is who his strikers on the bench are going to be because I, I can't see Surridge being first 11 apart from in, in a cup run. But, you know, we, I, I feel now that we probably will have a very good cup run. Um, and it's, it's something that we can talk about on the pod in the future, I think, is the fact that now we're in the premiership, we kind of expect a cup run, maybe. Yeah, I think we probably made a rod for our own back last year in the FA Cup. We've got to look at the League Cup as, uh, well, dare we look at it as a winnable competition? Because our second string is surely going to be better than a lot of other Premier League clubs' second string on the basis that ours are all vying for a first-team spot as opposed to us just blooding youngsters. But you mentioned the lethal finishing of Sam Surridge and another quality finisher has actually stopped by. You're right, Ryan, mate. How's India? Uh, yeah, I'm all right, mate. Nice to see you all. It's, it's lovely being a guest again, mate. I feel like I should just shout jam and write a song really quick. Uh, yeah, why am I a lethal finisher? I, I don't know, mate. I just had to give you some kind of segue as an introduction. It's good. How's, how's, it, how's, it, been, uh, how's it been, ladies? Has he been uh, getting his half and half scarves out or anything? Have you been nice to him? Not yet. <laughs> there is time. <laughs> I'm going to warn you now, there's a new half and half scarf incoming because I will be going to the Etihad next week and uh, sat in the wrong end again. What can you do? No, listen, I, uh, I just scared uh, a poor bloke to death who I ordered some uh, children's sized food so I just wanted a small snack and he's brought like these massive plates of like pasta and stuff and I wasn't paying what he said and I think he thought I was going to kill him in my room. So uh, yeah, apart from uh, scaring the locals, mate, um, can't wait to get back on Friday. Um, watch the game, Everton game, saw the Grimsby score a little bit because I was driving through a monsoon. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd come in and give you a quick sound bite, not to check up on you, and uh, then sod off back to uh, do some expenses or something sexy like that. What have I missed? Mainly catching up on the previous games, but we are going to move on, mate, and we're going to move on to transfer watch, full on Anchorman Brian Fantana style transfer watch. Serge Aurier, anyone? I'd love that. I'd actually love that, but I just, I just, we'll just link to everybody. Yeah, this one sounds like it's, uh, as the day's gone on, it's progressed from initial talks to having a medical. To be uh, fair, I think if we are now looking at players with a pedigree, which he has got, and, and, I, and I basically know most of what I know about him from watching that Spurs documentary, um, I think on a free transfer, why not? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think free, that it's worth the gamble. And... I actually really enjoy when people write anyone off that's coming to Forest and is going to work with Cooper. Same storyline as with Jed last season. He's got problems. He's got problems. Like he's, he's going to be awkward. He's going to ruin your dressing room dynamic. Uh, nah, I trust Cooper. If he's um, if he is going to be in and around that squad and he wants him as his as a backup option, have a go. Why not? It's a little bit of a concern that he's that that 
that tag has followed him from multiple clubs. At least Jed's got youth on his side. Serge is a little bit older and uh, <clears throat> that's followed him round for a good number of seasons. Um, but I, yeah, I think I'll take him. I haven't actually seen the Spurs documentary. How does he come across in that? Have you seen it, Kay? It's hard to say because they don't put anything to air that you really can take issue with. He just the looks meaty like stuff, a, yeah. Yeah, he just looks like a professional footballer. Yeah. Uh, you know, he wasn't throwing his toys out the pram or anything. Alec Lewis Graben. Who has finally completed a move today. He has, hasn't he? Yeah. He has. We will miss... Where's he gone? I feel like I've gone back in time. Where's he actually gone? Somewhere in Saudi, isn't it? I can't remember the name of the team, but... Yeah, he might be our... in my hotel. Yeah. <laughs> is it our... Uh... I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of it, but I think it's like yeah, Al-Ali. This is where we lose the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, apologies to anyone. Anyone who can correct my pronunciation, please do. But best of luck to him. I think West Brom fans shouldn't have turned their nose up at that option. He, he still could have cut it in the championship, if you ask me. He's done it under Bruce before as well. I completely missed that one. Was he linked with West Brom? Yeah, and their fans all uh, their fans went into a forest esque meltdown on Twitter about it. Actually, <laughs> I'm actually glad he's not signed for another British club. To be fair, I'm I'm glad that he has actually gone and done because because I I think it, we should have given him another year, but you know that's what it is. So I'm glad that he's gone where he's gone because ultimately, I think he has probably gone for the money. You know, he's he's getting on a little bit and. Fair play. I, I adored the guy and I wish him all the luck in the world. Well, by all accounts, we did try. He just wasn't having it. Shame. These things these things happen. And has uh, anyone else spotted any other like mad rumours out there? Anyone else that we're linked to? It's a lad from Atletico Madrid. Regulon, I saw. Oh, yeah. And Tangana. Yeah, no, I know less about him. And Regulon, I can just see, looks like he's wearing the sort of um, gloves that a tattooist wears. So I don't know if I trust him. But again, I would I would still go down the route of if you're going to sign somebody that is of those kind of players and it just seems to be, let, I know, let's go to Spurs and try and sign all of their <laughs> right backs or left backs and it's not Jed Spence, um, then I, why not go for one that used to play for them and he's on a free? We're not allowed to go in for Jed, are we? He's not allowed to be loaned out to a Premier League side. I believe that is the rule because he signed within this window for a Premier League club. He could go abroad or he could drop down a league, but he can't go to another Premier League side, which I'm gutted about because I would have had him as a... Ultimately, he would be a backup at this stage because Nico is looking a very well-rounded player, can do it both ends of the pitch. Yeah, I, I think I think the <laughs> I think the Jed Spence ship has sailed now, and I'm very happy with Nico. I think I think we made the right choice there. Ultimately, you know, let's leave Jed in that wonder season. We'll always look back fondly with him. What nice memories, and let's move on. That's how I feel about it. Jed Spence ship is going to become sailing down the trend on Saturday, isn't it? Whether he'll <laughs> get is. off the ship is another question. I don't think he's on the bus, mate. I don't think he is. No, I, I wonder how he feels it because it's like. I bet the money helps and God knows what and the different world he's in and and whatnot. But there's still a lot of people at Forest he probably cares about and likes. I just think it'll be a weird feeling. For, I mean, hopefully we smash absolutely loads past them and, and so not. But yeah, it must be a weird one for him. Yeah, I mean, the thought that, I mean, the worst comes to the worst. That's it, not the end of his career, but his career takes a massive, you know, downfall from here. I mean, that's really sad. You know, he was just on the crest of a wave at Forest and he could have gone on to great things and... You know, oh, Holly, we swerved it. We swerved it, and he, he oh, was yeah. like a moth who had that one beautiful morning. Yeah, true. Maybe he's had his day. Because they have those, don't they? I bet you've missed me. Here we go. Keep going. 
if it were possible, I'd still have him back because I think he'd uh, he'd excel under Cooper still. I think he'd do well back at home in an atmosphere that he's already thrived in and, and he felt like he had something to live up to within it. And it's really disappointing for him that he's not even had a chance. Yeah. He, he hasn't had a chance to show anything for Spurs. Not even... Yeah, Nick Ponte, some would say something like it wasn't his signing. One yeah, for the future. Made... That's what they said, didn't they? One yeah, the at the start of the season, he said he he was, you know, essentially a, a Levy signing or a um, a scout signing, one one for the future. I saw some people really misconstruing that situation on social, suggesting that Cooper didn't go in for him because we were trying to swerve it. I don't think that's the case at all. I, I, I just think, you know, the rumours were clear in January. Jed was staying with us, but he wanted that Spurs move and he, he got it. It's a shame for him that it's not panned out. I do think that the only way his situation at Spurs could get any worse is if he did come to the game and Forrest get any kind of a result and the cameras pan to him because you could absolutely imagine him lapping that up to an extent and just uh, destroying any hope of uh, building a relationship with the Spurs fans. I would love to see it. It's, um, you know, I think it's a sort of a a win-win in a way if he plays well and all that kind of business. But I, um, no, it'd be interesting. Um, uh, listen, I, I, I haven't got agents, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I won't give you a prediction. I'll let you come and start when you do Spurs. But I just thought I'd give you a little bit of an update on the fancy league all the way here from India, you know, because it's uh, uh, something I needed doing. I've probably just ruined your wonderful... Um, Kieran's actually set out like a proper running order, which I don't know what one of those is. But um, I would do a top 10, but I don't really want to mention some of the people. Um, well, there's only the one. There's only one person that's relevant in the top ten, isn't there? And that's Natalie. So I'm going to mention her because she deserves that mention. Uh, we're all doing abysmally. That's then. We're, can we just move on? Be, speak for yourself. People Some of might. us have turned our seasons right around. I'm I'm top of the pile out of us lot. Well, yeah, but top of the pile against someone who like me is 89th is. Um, yeah, I must admit, it's, it, it's a double-edged sword, this, Lisa, because obviously um, my wonderful other half, Natalie, will be listening in at some point, and she will be like, yeah, I am 10th. I think she said at one point she was like 817 million people or something stupid. That was doing really, really well. Uh, yeah, so she is in 10th, um, but my team is higher than hers in the league in real life, so uh, I'm going to get that in early. <laughs> like, I've not been mentioning it. Um, she's missed me. Um, as, Dan would say, as Dan would say, if he was here, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Hey, listen, I'm the same as that. On week one, I think Natalie hasn't beaten a brother at many of these things, and he's meant to be really good at it. I don't know where he is. Um, and she was like, I'm going to ring Simon. I was like, leave it. It's a long way to go. You know, I remember ringing my mate Jay, 2-0 up at Anfield. Stan Collymore had gone there, and I was like, we're beating you on the landline, and we saw that ended. Um, so yeah, my other half is 10th. Well done, love. I love your spits. You're absolutely brilliant. Fancy, you're better than me. Um, number five, fifth at the minute is Josh Amos uh, with his team, which is called Probably in a Mess. Will you not make your fifth? 206 points. Fourth is Matt Wheeler, who's uh, with Wheel Wheelsy's World is. Uh, three is Greg Oram with Forest Fire on 213. Second is Alex Mellows with FC Skint on 215. And just ahead on 217 is Matt Wyard with his wonderful Awani Ye Hold Your Hand, which is one of the greatest uh, team names going apart from my own Intermagrant, which I think is up there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know where we are. I think Kieran, like he said, is doing well. I'm getting absolutely destroyed because I just keep taking fines for changing players. But I'm going to put Gibbs White in, I think, before the weekend. I think that's my next move. Yeah, Any uh, shakes or moves anyone's going to go with fantasy over the next couple of days? I got rid of Son 
and I put in Haaland last weekend, which Ooh. proved the right call and has, has sent me yeah, skyrocketing up into 50. What's funny about it? I, I probably don't have put me the other half as much, but like, because I know Natalie does it. And she calls Kieran, um, not Kieran, that'd be weird. She calls Brennan her boy, right? Yeah, the sentence is even weirder now. And so, like, when we scored against Everton the other day, and she's messaging me when I'm here, she's like, oh, my boy, I know she's doubly excited because he's in a fantasy team. And I almost don't want Brennan to score because I know I won't put him in. But um, yeah, listen, I'm going to love you and leave you guys and let you keep doing what you're doing. And it's lovely to see your faces. Um, I'm going to, uh, it's about, God, I don't know what time it's something like two in the morning, uh, nearly here or something stupid like that. So, um, no, it's not. It's midnight. Doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, have a wonderful pod, and um, I'll see you all soon. Later, mate. Good day, mate. See you later. Midnight, the perfect time for a massive bowl of pasta. Anyway, oh, those carbs on your hips, dearie me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will move on. Uh, we'll have a little look around the rest of the club at the minute because there are some. Other teams, and uh, it's only right to, to shout them out. The 21s were in action on Monday night. It did not go well. It was a, a 4-1 loss at the hands of Middlesbrough at home. But a team that has fared a little bit better is the women's side. They kicked off at the weekend uh, on Sunday with a 6-0 thrashing of West Bromwich Albion. Do you, you guys reckon you'll go to any any games other than the uh, the first team this year? I'm going to try and get to one or two of the both both of them. Um, I my friend Becky, who's currently in Magaluf, um, her son is in the 21s, so uh, he's he's just been ruled out for 12 days, having got concussion in the game on Monday. Um, so um, yeah, hopefully um, I will get to a, a couple of each. Um, Saw Dave Rogers after the game at, uh, at Everton. Obviously, he's a he's a Liverpoolian and uh, and our twenty ones head coach as, as it stands. So um, yeah, wish wish them well. And I think you know the stars for the future. Um, it was nice last night to see Ollie Hammond and Zach Abbott um, and um, Dale Taylor. Aaron, Aaron, yeah, Aaron Aaron Donnelly as well, who did a full ninety minutes. You know, and I mean, it, the, the, the best start of the night from last night, Zach Abbott coming on uh, to make his WH16, gets his GCSE results on Thursday. So good luck to, to him and to anyone that may be listening to our pod that is getting any exam results this week, because um, we are all inclusive, aren't we? Absolutely, absolutely. And I actually, I, I spoke to my dad after the end of the Women's Euros and absolutely riding on that high. Uh, talked him into buying a season ticket with me uh, for the the, the women's side because it is all one club and the money is all going back in to hopefully growing uh, that side and it was only it was only thirty five quid thirty five quid for me to get a season ticket I couldn't get into the city home end for one game this season for that cost. So if anyone is wanting support Forest and you're lamenting the fact that you're unlikely uh, to get into the city ground or to any away games have a, have a look at the youth sides have a look at the the women's team you can still be part of it you can still sing your heart out in stands would definitely recommend it right well again we'll uh we shall move on and actually i'm not going to do the controversial opinions this week i think that's freebs's baby to to lead uh but what i am going to do is a bit of a desert island pick and we're going to put this out on social as well because I want to want to see what everyone else reckons. So you can pick one game to watch 
on repeat for eternity on your desert island. And you can also take one player along with you as company. If you want to offer up a luxury item, that's up to you. See, I, I think... think... Go on, Lisa, you go first. Go on. <laughs> See, there's two or three games that kind of spring to mind. Um, and I think the obvious one is, is Wembley simply because it's so fresh in our heads. And um, I think, we, you know, if you could bottle that atmosphere of that game, um, because you're on a desert island and you're on your own, that would be incredible, simply because you don't feel like you're on your own because of that atmosphere. Um, but the, the game that I actually think I would watch on repeat would have to be the Villa 5-5, um, purely because it was just incredible and I can remember speaking to my sister and telling her that we were winning 3-0 um, and she was doing her ironing and she'd not even got the game on tv and I said to her you know for us to win in 3-0 it's ridiculous so she switched it on and then and then obviously Villa started to score so I was like turn it off again um, who I would watch it with is a very very um, interesting question and I, I'm going to think on that and let Holly talk about what game she would uh, she would go with I'm going to be really well uh... I'd love to watch the the Derby 5-2 again, but I was having to think about this today and because I'm a total 90s kid and I remember this game, my brother recording it on VHS, the match of the day, and we re-watched it and re-watched it. And it was at that time where everyone at school was a Man United gl glory supporter and it was the game where we beat Man United at home 2-1 Um the 94-95 season, um, two of my favourite players of that era, Stan Collymore and Stuart Pearce scored. And just to get one over on them at home in that beautiful purpley blue kit with the Labatt's um, sponsor is just a great memory from my childhood, my teenage years. And just that wonderful team of Steve Stone and Steve Chettle and Wone and Roy and all, all you know, Collymore and Pearce and all those players. Um, and just to get one over Man United was fantastic. Um, but who I would, yeah, who I would watch it with, you'd want to watch it with someone <laughs> interesting, wouldn't you? Someone that you could have a good old natter um, about the game and, and it wouldn't be boring. And this is where I come unstuck, really, because, you know, I, I would get, lean towards my favourite players, like, you know, these Stuart Pearce and all that. But, and this is such a cliche, but... I think it probably would be someone such a cliche for me, but it probably would be someone like Paul McGregor because I think we could go off on tangents and talk about music as well and culture and other stuff as well and come back round to the football. That, that's it. You've um, got to think about it. you. You're spending more time on this desert island than uh, than exactly. just watching the game. There's going to be it's probably going to be arguments. I was so firstly for me for the match. I've got to be honest. Wembley doesn't actually get anywhere close. I'd put both legs of the semi final before that game. Purely for the entertainment factor. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's uh, the, the second leg in particular. And the other candidate for me, which is the the rogue choice, because, you know, we'll well be on the league one days now, would be the Yeovil game. Not the bad Yeovil game, the good Yeovil game, the 3-2 game. That, I was euphoric that day and everything was just clicking. It was perfect for us. I, I can remember watching... Bennett make that crunching tackle, pick up the one-two, and then a beautiful wand outside of the boot strike for that left peg. Oh, that, that game's definitely up there for me. West Brom away, uh, the raddy strike. I was at that game in, in the stand. It was so cold. I didn't realise, actually, West Brom is the highest football stadium 
uh, above sea level in, in the UK. We felt it that night. Um, so if I really had to, to nail it down to, to one of them, I probably am picking Sheffield United at home in the second leg of the playoffs. If nothing else, there's an extra half hour plus penalty shootout on top. So I might not get bored of it as quick. And similar to yourself, Holly, I was umming and ahhing over who, what player would I take um, to spend eternity on this island who, who might be good crack. I actually thought, having listened to him on a lot of different podcasts, I thought Alan Rogers has probably got a fair few stories, but I also think he'd get mad at me at some point and I'd be scared. Uh, <laughs> so I don't think he'd be the safest bet <laughs> overall. Uh, Paul McGregor's definitely an, in, an interesting shout. Oh, I'm. Oh, who, who's it going to be? Who's it, who's it going to be? I'm stuck. <laughs> I am do stuck. Know, do you know what? I would also have someone like Ben Osborne as well. I always lo- loved listening to him, and I thought he was really, really funny guy. Again, he loved his music, and I think he'd be a real crack to kind of sit down and watch a football match with. So someone like that of the modern kind of era, but or even Joe Worrell actually. But that's just my love for Joe Worrell. I think. Kind of. Do you know what? I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to take Yatesy. I reckon he picked me up. He's always smiling. You need someone, you miserable bastard, don't you, really? <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time in Manchester with not a lot of sunlight. You, 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 we were up at the weekend. I'm not all doing you were good. You were good company at the weekend. I've got no issue whatsoever. You, you also <laughs> need someone that's going to do the Bear Grylls thing, don't you, as well? Like, who would be the most Bear Grylls in the forest, current forest squad? And... That's it. That's, that's the, it's a really hard, it's a really hard pick. Um, because, you know, I mean, my obvious would be Michael Dawson, but then I'd be on Stalker territory, so there'd be literally no point. Um, and um, it, it's, a, it's a hard one, because you want someone that you can talk about the game till you're blue in the face and have a difference of opinion, but also have a laugh with. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a very, very tough, tough choice. I mean, for, for me, it would be somebody like Mark Crossley, because I know that he would probably beat 100% into the Bear Grylls stuff um and tell me so many stories i'd never get bored um so i think that's kind of the, the way does, that i'd go but I, I totally understand where hull's coming from with uh with paul mcgregor big norm does love walking you could probably send him off to find water it's a good shout it's a good shout right well there are shouts then so we're going to put that one out on social we want to hear from you guys as to who you reckon uh you you'd take onto a desert island and also the game that you'd watch on repeat before we move on to looking to the fixtures ahead, we've got a bit of a competition, haven't we? Lisa, I will let you introduce this one as you've managed to source us a very nice prize. I have, and I'm going to put um, a big shout out to tonight's um, prize donator, um, which is on company on Twitter, Great British Outdoor Fires, um, at GB Outdoor Fires. Uh, they've listened to our podcast this weekend and then decided on the back of listening to how great we are that they were going to do- donate and, and help support us. Um, and I just want to say a big thank you to Tony and Kate for that. Um, they have donated uh, one of their bottle of forest bottle openers, um, which I'm quite excited about. So the, the competition for this week uh, is fairly simple. We want you to predict the score from this weekend. Um, Forest v Spurs, 
my prediction is that we're going to lose and I have to really shout at Freebs for this because that was the first time that I have had predictors lose um, on the radio <laughs> since we started doing Fox versus Freebs um, and I've gone for Spurs to, to beat us 2-1. I think it will be close but I do think we are probably not quite in their league um, but I want your predictions guys and as, a, as an aside to the prediction we also want your attendance so you can tweet us, you can email us, um, we all want your score predictions and we want your attendance predictions. And if we have, as we assume we will, get quite a lot of the same answer, the closest attendance will win. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, so no need for a rollover really on the, uh, that that will be the ultimate call. Right, well, speaking of the, the two games at the weekend, Lisa's... Lisa's spent too much time with me and he's going pessimistic. I'm a bit more optimistic about this one. I I don't necessarily see us winning, but I, I can see us giving Spurs a, a frustrating afternoon. I was what I watched them uh, before venturing into the ground on Saturday. Wolves gave them a really tough time. I think Spurs can count themselves lucky to have come away with that with three points from that game. Certainly in the first half, they were absolutely dominated. And I just have a feeling that 12th man's going to come in handy again. I think we can rattle some of these players, make them a little bit nervous uh, on, on Trent's side. So is it a score draw or is it a Forest win? Let's go all in. Let's say 2-0 Forest. We go with goal from uh, from Taiwo and Jesse is finally going to get on that score sheet as well. Love your optimism, mate. Love it. Where are you going, Holly? Um, I think it's going to be incredible atmosphere again. As you say, we'll be the 12th man and I think we'll get an early goal. But I think it'll prove too much. I think they'll prove too much to us. And I don't know, maybe a 2-1 loss. I hate, I hate like predicting a defeat though, but I mean Spurs. I'm really, really excited. I'm really about really excited to see Harry Kane and the likes of Son and those kind of players at the City Ground again. I think the last time we played them was, was it way in the cup under the Stuart Pearce era. Um, so really looking forward to this one. But yeah, was was that, that the game? Of... Was that the game with the psycho penalty that absolutely sprung the net? If, if, if you don't know what I'm on about, look, what, look the Spurs penalty? On. You mean? Like no, we had, we had a penalty at, at White Hart Lane, and I just remember Piercy absolutely. I think the technical term is a thunder bastard, um, and it, it sounded like he was kicking it into a mattress. There's just this almighty <laughs> springing noise as it as it lashes into the net. Um, yeah, worth worth a rewatch if uh, if anyone's wondering. Um, no, I don't remember that. I I I think it was when Stuart Pierce was actually manager, if I'm correct. Oh yeah, the cup uh, game, of course. The cup game, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we scored early. Uh, and Ben Osborne had that lovely little he sort of nicked it around the Spurs defender and went to, you know, sort of pull it into the far post and it was just wide. Um, and I think, you know, on another night we would have won that game. But anyway, uh, but yeah, I, I reckon Forest are gonna lose this weekend, unfortunately. But it's just two really difficult games coming up, isn't it? And if we could get at least a point out on Saturday, then I'm sorry, on Sunday would be fantastic. But but we would have taken four points from August. Yes, we would. Absolutely. Definitely. Without a doubt. Um, so for me, I'm just excited about the players that are to come in the next two matches. 
and what will be will be. Is he going to start Yatesy though? That's the thing. Or is he just going to start? You know, with his. I think it depends on injuries. Yeah. He's surely got you know Mangala for me has to start. I think Lewis O'Brien again on Saturday just never stopped running. Mm. Um, and it's great to have options. And one thing we haven't touched on tonight that um, we probably should have done is the fact that our bench looked so much stronger on Saturday than it did the previous Sunday against West Ham that when you looked at who you'd got to bring on it was strength it wasn't just numbers and at that that is exciting yeah it gives you that extra confidence doesn't it definitely and a bit of a luxury for Coops I don't think we've seen all that often making we didn't even think Yatesy was coming on did we 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 actually bringing Freeler on and then and it's like hang on a minute it's Yatesy and and so glad they did he lived. He lived up to it. But sixty minutes—that's an early Cooper substitution. I, I've I've not seen him mix it up. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It's nice for him to have that depth, and not just um, in terms of getting energy onto the pitch, but absolute quality as well. Um, Yatesy took to the Premier League like a duck to water. Out of all the players that you you might have worried about making the step up, I probably had Yatesy down as the one um, who might not, Lisa's holding up a coaster with 22 on on the back there. She's repping. Um, yeah, I, I would have had him down as potentially one of the players that might have struggled to adapt a little bit more, maybe been throwing in some wild tackles and picking up some yellow cards. As it is, absolutely not the case. Keep it up, mate. It, it looked fantastic. Then we do get past Sunday, and it looks like a very difficult trip to play City at home. I mean, Newcastle have proved you can score against them at least, but it's keeping them out, which is the the real problem. And I do worry about the, the, how robust our defence is uh, in the face of someone who's got absolute quality. You know, Damari Gray and Anthony Gordon caused us a bit of a headache at times. It's a significant upgrade when you're then talking about the likes of Bernardo Silva. Harland, Kevin De Bruyne, just he he picked out a pass through someone's legs on Sunday. He he can he doesn't have to go over you or around you. He can literally go through you if he wants. Um, I'm a little bit more nervous about that one. Dare we? Dare we predict the scoreline against City? They are the definition of the big boys, aren't they? I think it's going to be damage limitation. To be honest, oh, I, I really can't call it. Let's try and keep it under four. <laughs> I think I'd agree with that. I'd take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think as we stand, our goal difference is um, is something that we need to look at, and it is actually something yeah. I I look at as a, as one of the stats um, that we are on four points. We've only got one a minus one goal difference, and I actually think that that's something to be quite proud of. Um, and and it's funny that that's the way that I look at it. Um, but I agree with you guys that it is damage limitation. You know that City are. Phenomenal. We we are kind of there's a league of three, isn't there? Or there's three mm. leagues within the league, and we are not top six standard as it stands. Are we the next six possibly? But at the moment, we're probably the bottom six. Um, and you you just go right, okay. But if we get a respectable scoreline in terms of the numbers, like you say, keep it below four. Um, you would take that any day of the week. Uh, but we we showed on our cut run last year. Anything can happen. And Henderson, for me, is a Manchester United player mm. by 
by jurisdiction, really. Um, so he's going to want to do well and as well everyone else. And it, I'm not saying that they will step up their game because I think their game has to be at that level every week without fail um, going forward. But everybody wants to play against City. Everybody wants to go and watch them against City. Um, so stranger things have happened. I'm just going to go for a very close 2-0 defeat. <laughs> Well, it'll be a very good mocker of where we're at because nobody expects us to win that game. So it's kind of like a free hit in a way, isn't it? So we've got, the, you know, they, they're expected to win. No one thinks we're going to get anything out of the game. Just go out there and play. Let's see what happens, you know. But when you looked at the game on Sunday, Newcastle versus City, you wouldn't have predicted that scoreline either. No. And we lost 2-0 to, to Newcastle. And you think, actually, going, going back and looking at that game, that was a very, very positive result for us. Yeah. Um, because of how well Newcastle played and they, they will be in or around about that top six this season. There is no doubt about it. Um, so for me, I just think we need to take a little bit of comfort in the fact that we are playing with the big boys and we are holding our own and we'll see what happens. Indeed we are. And as we go into this tough double header of games, we still sit above Manchester United and Liverpool. So there's plenty <laughs> of reasons. to And be Chelsea. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it does make me a little nervous because at some point that's going to change. So we need some other teams to start dropping away as well. But really early days, really, really positive uh, things on the pitch as things have developed. You Reds. You Reds. You Reds. Hey!